0: Hello and welcome to the 25th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. We're your Queen Bees. Are we f- <laughs> We officially have an episode for every year that you and I have been alive. Well, actually, yeah, no. not you're me. You're 26 now. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I've been planning that in the car, like, the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> planning that line. Yeah. Damn it. What well, next? I will say that my lucky number is 5 and 25 is 5 squared, Perfect. so okay. it's, like, a really Great. lucky episode. Great. Um I just wanna put it out there. Um, this episode is dedicated to my girl Lulu. Mm-hmm. Um, we fostered some dogs this week and I don't really like I don't really like dogs. Like to be perfectly honest, like I don't generally like stranger dogs that have like wet nose and slobber and jump up. Like I'm a little afraid, I don't like it. Um but this dog Lulu like really like broke the mold for me. And I for the first time in my life considered like Maybe I should get a dog. Brendan's probably so happy. He is happy, but he also is like, I'm not interested in a chihuahua pit bull mix. <laughs> Brendan's like, Brendan wants a Labrador retriever, I guarantee you. Brendan <laughs> wants a Bernese mountain dog. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm like, great. Howl, drool, like, their poop is the size of a house. Like, <laughs> No. That's never going to happen. <laughs> That's like asking when a kid's like, I want an entire bouncy house at my birthday, and but like, what re- they really want is like, maybe a kiddie pool. Right. It's like, but yeah. Brendan wants the bouncy house. <laughs> I mean, so like, I mean, I have a couple of things about when I get a dog. Like, I have, I have a couple of name options. Mm-hmm. So... The first option, which Brennan doesn't like, is that I name him Sonny, and then we could Sunny be Sonny and Cher, which would be really cute. That imagine Instagram that would Instagram. blow up <laughs> so fast. I know. The other option is that we get a cat and a dog, and we name the dog Mulder from the X-Files, and Perfect. Scully is the cat. I like it. Yeah. I've always wanted two cats that I would name Simon and Garfunkel. That's fucking adorable. I really, I want that in my life at some point. I think you should do that. I think I should, too. I'd like a cat. Because especially like an Are you a cat life, or a dog person? I frankly like both a okay. lot. I like, I have no preference. Um, so I'm a cat person. I've grown up with cats and dogs. Um, I do really love dogs, um, but it's are this, a lot of work. Right. So that's kind of my feeling is that in this stage of my life, I'm not really ready to have a dog. Whereas I feel like it would be pretty easy to have a cat. The only thing I'm really not interested in is cleaning out a litter box. Yeah, that's gross. My cat growing up um, went potty outside.
1: Yeah, and so like our cat does that it was too. basically
0: like no work at all. Yeah, we have um, we have a litter box for our cat, and she uses it sometimes, but not. She usually goes outside. So Katie used her litter box only when she got old. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so this episode is dedicated to Lulu. I really miss you and. I wish that I could provide the life that you deserve, (laughs) and you could be my dog, but... Alas. Alas, I do not have a backyard, um, and I don't have enough time. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what it is about dogs, is that they're a lot of time. Or, like, you feel more guilty leaving them alone or leaving them at some sort of daycare than than you would a cat. Whereas like, a cat's, like, frankly, like, good, I'm, I'm, I'm happy when you're gone. They're like, I'm ready for a little bit of me time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sleep for the majority of the day and kind of run around in at my leisure. Right. Like, I'm just going to find a puddle of, sun- a puddle of sunshine mm-hmm. and sit in it for a while and then, like, probably will try to kill a couple of birds mm-hmm. and then, like, we'll be indifferent when you arrive home. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's, like, this was, like, a big... This is a big deal for me. Yeah. Um. Brendan is, like, definitely happy. I think he's trying, like, not to, like, count all of his blessings too right. much now because, like, we now are moving to Boston. Like, and, like <laughs> all of his dreams are coming true. Like, like, Brendan clearly, like, found a genie in a bottle. And it's just, like, <laughs> waiting for it to unfold. But... Just, like, tentatively waiting for everything to he's fall just, down like, around he's just him. Try- yeah, he's just <laughs> trying to not act too excited. Like, he's, like, like, bated breath, <laughs> like, just, like, waiting. And then once, like, we've signed a lease, like, I've, I put my deposit in for the school, but, like, you know, mm-hmm. I did that before and then like, went yeah. somewhere else. So right. he never knows. Right. He's so- like, he's trying not to, like. Oh, yeah, because you were supposed to go to grad school in Boston still. Yeah, and then I went and to then, Georgetown. And then you didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so he's already been through this before. (laughs) (laughs) He has been through this before. Poor Brendan. Yeah, Brendan's already, like, he's been like, yeah, this is going to be great. We're going to hang out every day and go to Fenway Park. It's like, no, I'm (laughs) going to Georgetown, and we will fly to each other every other month. Yeah. So, anyway, I think (laughs) we're, like, trying to nail down a lease this week. Okay. So, I think once that happens, I think he'll really be... He'll be able to really... Celebrate. Let himself relax. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> um, Well, what's new with you? So we took a week off because I was in California. Yeah, busy bee. Yeah, I was a busy bee. Um, very exhausting week. Mm-hmm. Um, working a conference. Just, you know, chatting with authors. Selling books. So when you work at a conference... Is that, like, you're trying to sell books you already have, or you're trying to, like, get new clients, or, like, what is... Both. The, oh. So, So, Don, who's our acquisitions editor, is basically, like, talking to authors, and they're pitching him projects. Okay. And then, me in the meanwhile, I'm selling books in the booth to mm-hmm. people who potentially might use them for courses, and that's the hope, because then oh, okay. not only do they have the book, and we get that one sale, but then all of their students will also have to buy it. Got it. Okay. So, um... Yeah, so it was a good time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I went to, my, to Reno for Easter, which was great. That's great. You looked beautiful at Easter. Thank you. I um, really liked that dress. Thank you. I also really like that dress. I now have three floral yellow dresses, which I've now realized. See, I don't have a single yellow dress, and I love yellow. I Yellow's one of my favorite colors. I think yellow is really making a comeback. It I've is. I've seen a lot of yellow lately. So I, I, think I tried on a yellow coat, it. like, when I was shopping for my birthday, and I really loved it, but it was, like, it was an investment coat, and I was sort mm-hmm. of, like, I would rather have a black coat if I'm going to spend this much money on it. Right. Like, I'm not going to wear a yellow coat every day. Yeah. For the winter. Especially because yellow, it's a little riskier that you're going to get a dirty. This was a light yellow, too. Yeah. Like, it was not even mustard. Like, that's going to get, like, dingy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. that's hard. Yeah. It's a lot of upkeep. It know? is. It is. So. Gotta think about that. You do. Especially when you're making big ticket purchases. Yeah. Also, like, I'm just not careful. Like, no. I spill a lot. No. Yeah. That's... Like, I pretty much don't do laundry till I spill on it, and it's like I never wear something more than three times, so... Oh, right. Um, I... Speaking of not careful, taking a dumb Instagram story, I smashed a bottle of nail polish the other day <sighs> on my floor... And it got everywhere. And our apartment still kind of smells like nail polish remover because well, that's what I had to use to get it out. I like that smell. So I mean, I don't feel right it. at home. It started, to, it started to just sound, smell kind of like, like fruit has gone like a little sour. You know mm-hmm. how that's how mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's the smell of nail polish remover. But I just like could not believe. And what's funny about the fact that I immediately broke that bottle, it was like I finished taking my little Instagram story picture. Of all of the lavender and lilac um, nail polishes that I have, and I was going to bring them back into my room, and in my head I was like, "I enjoyed that. I'm going to get all my reds now." And I just dropped one, almost like the world was being like, "Don't do that. Stop it. Nobody (laughs) cares about nail polish. You're you're about to go down a dangerous slope of stupid." Well, speaking of nails, check mine out. Ooh, they look good, huh? They do. Yeah, They're red. Mm-hmm. They, they're they called Dutch tulip or something. Ooh. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm into it. New color. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else in terms of catch-up corner. I mean, we have a lot of catch-up corner, but it's like... It's private. It's too sensitive for the podcast. <laughs> just to make it, just to add a little bit of mystique. Intrigue. Yeah. Um, once again, I need everyone to get on Jess McCune's level. She sent me oh a series God. of live texts as she listened to Call Me By Her Name. Uh, love I love it. her. Love it always. Audrey forwarded me all of the texts, so <laughs> I felt a part of it too. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, like, anything that has happened to me recently you got your tooth fixed I so did both of us have full teeth now yeah so you know we went to the same dentist so that's cool yeah <laughs> he saw me on good friday which like so many people told me how lucky I was which I was like yeah I to guess. get in yeah they were like oh my gosh I can't believe I mean he did see me like the day I called so that was kind of cool but I also called when they opened so. I just feel like you probably uh, I-, I don't know I feel like you, if you have a business like that, you kind of have to work those like kind of holidays because that's when people can come. Yeah. Well, he think, was leaving like af- basically after I left. What time did you get there? Like 9.30. I
1: was well, there until so, like
0: 11. So why did he bother coming in? I don't know. He had like one patient in the morning. I don't know. Who, Who knows? Well, Mystery. He came in early for my appointment because it was an emergency dental <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah and but he was closed because of the snow Mm -hmm. the other day anyway i mean this is boring but uh, (laughs) tooth corner teeth um oh uh, i started riverdale oh i'm like i'm like two and a half episodes in. yeah um just like initial hot takes i love veronica mm, i don't love her so much okay we'll stop because i do (laughs) I, I'm wondering, I feel like I liked her at first. Um, I'm wondering how your opinions will evolve. But she is kind of like she's new, like Blair Waldorf. She's like a new Blair Waldorf. But I don't love her. As much as Blair. N- not as much as Blair. And, like, I'm more of a Betty fan. No, only only, only because I feel like as the series progresses, Betty is more at the center of the things that I'm interested in in, in the show. Namely, solving the murder. Oh, really? And not that Why Mar- is Veronica not doing that? She's she involve- would be better at it. She's involved in the solving of the murder. Like, all of the, them are. But I feel like Betty is more centrally featured in the solving of the case. Okay. Well, I find her very boring. Um, although, the scene that I stopped, I was watching it on the plane. Which, by the way, I threw up literally this entire plane ride. That I, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know like That's what horrible. is wrong with me. Yeah, it was horrible. I'm not even sick. Like, it's just like... I like just got like I used to get really airsick Like back mm-hmm. in the day And it like was just like A huge resurgence of that Ugh. Yeah so I Anyway I watched Riverdale On the plane And um So like it was kind of like I just like wasn't Feeling great anyway But I stopped during the scene Where like Betty shows up in like lingerie with a black wig and oh, I'm like no, 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 no. um Oh yeah. Then he kinda starts to turn around after that. That is a scene that makes me deeply uncomfortable. Okay. Well, I haven't even like watched the whole scene. I literally she walked out and I'm like, I just can't watch this anymore. <laughs> I'm already sick. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, I really like it. I like it as like the vibe. Yeah, what I like to amuse myself thinking about is when the show starts there in tenth grade. Yeah. And um so my, which is the same as Gossip Girl, right? Yeah. yeah, so my younger brother Marshall is now the same age. Or he's, he's a year older than they are. No. Which is hilarious. Because Cole Sprouse is my age, or our age, technically. Yeah. Who so I Gossip also, Girl, they start in 11th grade, which I think is a little bit easier to take. Also, it's like, because it's like Upper East Side and weird. You can yeah, I mean, also the like, Blake Lively, though, like, literally looks 35 years old. I mean, I can kind of buy So does Zen. that Leighton Meester is yeah. younger. Taylor Kitsch looks 30 when Friday Night Lights starts, but I just couldn't care less. Is that um, Tim Riggins? Okay. Yeah, but I mean, he also, like, you just could maybe imagine that, like, he just hit you He, like, a couple grades. <laughs> well, that, and, well, the, like, also, like... The grade progression is not no, accurate in that insane. show. No, it's insane. He's cl- very clearly a senior in the first season, and then, like, they keep him around. such... Well, I think he was such a favorite that they yeah. were like, listen, this show doesn't have great ratings to begin with. We're not about to graduate one of the, like, kids yeah. that everyone likes. Because um, yeah. otherwise it makes no sense why Jason's best friend is a sophomore. <laughs> and he's a senior. Right. Ugh. Jason Street, like, Brendan's favorite character. I'm like, hate. Boring. Hate. <laughs> Brendan likes all boring characters. I guarantee you Brendan would like Archie. Oh. <laughs> just because he's like the boring, boring man. <laughs> yeah. But like very noble and like trying to like do what's I best. I just want to do the right thing. Yeah, well. Like maybe you shouldn't have slept with your teacher. I, w- I didn't know if you knew that yet. And yeah. so I was about to know, say, and, like, maybe you shouldn't have slept with your teacher in her Lana Del Rey heart-shaped sunglasses. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm like, okay. She's, like, vulgar when she's not a teacher. She's, like, driving that little VW bug. She's, like, sipping, like, a mocha frappuccino. <laughs> I'm like, you do not drink those when you are over 20. I like how campy Riverdale is. Like, there's something yeah. about it that's, like, very frothy and, like, I think that's what makes it work. Because otherwise I would be like, these these teenagers are 25. Right. Um, all of this is insane. Right, But it just works Also, for like, me. is it just me or this? Like, the kid who's murdered, like, he looks like he belongs in a Jane Austen. He level. looks like a dead boy. He doesn't belong <laughs> He's in, this in this show. Boy. I'm like, there is no freaking way that that kid is going to be the star football player. Like, he looks. He like, looks sickly. He looks, he looks like, like an invalid. He looks like if Miles from Turn of the Screw got to grow up. He does. <laughs> he literally does. He looks like Peter Quint. <laughs> Oh, God. He looks like... (laughs) He's so pale. He looks like if um, Snape and one of the Weasley twins (laughs) had a child. (laughs) And, like, also was raised in a basement. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, star quarterback, so... How, though? I'm sorry. Like, he looks like the kid who is in um, the secret garden. Yeah. And, like, has never left the room. Whatever that kid's name is. Name all the sickly children. (laughs) All the invalids. From uh, the 19th century. (laughs) I love that, like, in the 19th century, if you got sick, like, often you were just, like, an invalid. And, like, you weren't allowed to leave the house. Yeah. We just keep him indoors. Yeah. And, like, if you are, like, at all, you know, stressed out ever, it's like, well, you're, you have, um some like imbalance yeah. consumption, which yeah. is tuberculosis. no, I don't even mean that, but like what do they always say that like women had like, oh like yeah. Oh, hysteria. yeah, <laughs> it's like you're stressed out hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's nervous. That's what they say about Mrs. Bennett, which I think is funny. yeah, it's like no, she's just like way too into the gossip. <laughs> like she's just a fun lady. She's terrible, but yeah. Um, so shall we transition to? I'm yeah. pretty excited to talk about this. I'm scared, but I'm excited. Well, let me just tell you that um, this is the first time that I almost didn't finish the reading. Same. Okay. So I literally <laughs> so so my at last at last night. So we had we had like 200 pages to read. Yes, 250. Okay. Well, yeah, but you start for on page 40 in our version of the book so (laughs) unless you read the preface and like no early material i doubt it so yeah okay so it was it was like 200 pages i had read 60 by the time i went to bed last night (laughs) i downloaded the audiobook (laughs) this morning bought it for 195 style yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is what i did for this class especially um and, anyway, so literally as I walked up, I finished to, like, the point that we're supposed to be. Because we're okay. supposed to be part... We just finished part two, well, right? Well, remember last week um, when we were deciding what we were... Well, not last week, so I guess two, two weeks, weeks ago yet. when we were deciding. We were like, and we're going to have, like, two weeks to <laughs> read it. And so we can probably do a lot more than we normally would. And then, but I then my s- attitude became, oh, I've got a long time, mm-hmm. so I don't have to necessarily be a tryhard and start it yet. Totally. Well, and also... Like I had planned I was like great I have a six hour plane ride I'm gonna read it The entire plane ride And I'll be uh, done But you were I evil. threw up the whole time uh, So I'm like I need something That's gonna be Really distracting And like frankly Like Riverdale. it's not enough Yeah, oh yeah no There's no. a lot There is a lot of Like minutia In mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice That was not Captivating me enough To it's not It's dense yeah Well and it's just Like a lot of stuff That like you don't Really realize the importance At all at the time Yes Um There was something I was going to say about... Oh, um, I just... Speaking of the stuff that's before the preface... I Did you look at that? No, um, I just, like, never want to be thought of as a person that would do that. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Something that made me furious in our grad school (laughs) classes would be the people would be like, I read the academic piece at the end and- Which, go kill yourself. (laughs) Before we even finished the book sometimes, they would like go into that shit. And I was like, first of all, not assigned. We're not even there yet. And like, how dare you? And now we have to talk about it. And like, honestly, that kind of behavior is only acceptable with Hermione Granger. It's not acceptable with normal people. You know what though? She would have kept that to herself. She would have. She would have only um, participated in a substantive way in the conversation. And she, like, Hermione. She doesn't want to waste people's time. Right. Like, Hermione was, like, not. She was, n- she was never hiding the fact that she, like, way overdid her homework and was smarter than everyone. Like, she wasn't going to not answer questions she knew the answer to. She obviously wanted that credit. Right. But, like, even, like, it's not until book four that Harry finds out how much effort Hermione puts into all of her homework. Because she's not like, oh, you don't do this. Or, like, I was, like, you know, cross-referencing this, like, multiple <laughs> choice question on Charms. I know. God bless her. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm sorry for even suggesting yeah, that you, you would have done that. Thank you for that apology. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I never ever do that. I mean, remember when we were reading *Helter Skelter*, and I'm like, we're not reading the afterword. <laughs> like, we're not reading the, the book up- is done. <laughs> I'm like in the original printing, this was all there was. We are not rereading this. It was also how how long was that? Six hundred pages. Like, literally, like probably. More like enough with is the enough. Afterward. Vincent Bugliosi. I know. Um, but one oh. thing. Oh, go ahead. It's sorry. Like just speaking of murder and um, like tr- the crime genre of this mm-hmm. podcast, well, like the corners that it has anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and I watched a new. Um, British procedural that I really liked ooh. that I wanted to give a shout out to. Because oh, it has 2.5 stars on Netflix right now. So I'm just trying to up its rating. <laughs> um, it's called The Happy Valley. ooh, um, Which sounds horrible and I would never have picked it but I think Karen on My Favorite Murder recommended it mm-hmm. so I watched it. Um, okay, But it's basically about this like, she's probably like a 55 year old, maybe you know, maybe she's, I like, that's my mom's age. This lady seems older than that. She's, like, 60, maybe. Okay. I don't know. But she's, like, this, like, tough-as-nails country cop. Okay. And um, she's, like, raising her family, but also, like, dealing with this, like, kidnapping. Ooh. And it's very good and, like, edge of your seat. And then there are two seasons, so I just only saw season one, and I saw the first episode of season two, but it's very good. Sounds great. Recommend it. But, like, there's a lot of, like, she's super funny, but also, like, incredibly empathetic Mm. And like good to, at talking to victims, and so kind of like Idris Elba and Luther. <laughs> I would say she's like, I laugh out loud more at this oh, than okay. at Luther. Like, Luther he like, wasn't very funny, but I did. I was always impressed that he was like, he's really clever. At, he's like really good at talking to victims, though. I think is what he I is. is. No, she, she, yeah, she's like just very, she kind of reminds me of like if Molly Weasley was like a really badass cop. Okay. Is like the vibe. Cool. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, but my my family was watching it, and my dad usually never makes it past ten o'clock, and he was like, "We gotta watch the next one." Nice. So, <laughs> if that is any sign of how good the show is. All right. Happy, yeah. Happy, Happy Valley. Happy Valley. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Recommended. Recommended. I just to warn you, it's not a serial killer. The yeah. first season. Okay. Second well, season, I think. You know I know, think it is, I know that now. So, one of the things that I don't love about a procedural or, um, like, a whodunit show is if you set up, like, if the first episode kind of sets up the murder in, like, obviously a creepy way, because murder is creepy, my first inclination is to hope and think it is a serial killer. And this has happened to me in True Detective Season 2, and it happened to me in The Killing Seasons 1 and 2. Um... (laughs) Where, Which, Killing Season a 3 more. is definitely a serial killer, though. Okay, so maybe I need to, like, jump in. So, yeah. So, I mean, I have seen one episode of it, so I guess maybe I shouldn't even claim it. But, I mean, there are, like, Don't hundreds of bodies, it seems oh, like, so. Interesting. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, basically, I always just want there to be, like, a level of intrigue. Yeah. That is, of the serial killer nature. And so sometimes like my criticism of those crime shows I feel like is not really fair because it's like <laughs> well I wanted it to be a serial killer and it wasn't and so I didn't like it as much as I maybe should have or To could've. me it's fine if it's not a serial killer but it at least has to be a main character in the show who we did not expect. Okay yeah. Like if that if they do that then I can be cool with it. What I hate is if it's an accident Oh God. I What I, an insult! I know. I'm like, they would do that sometimes in CSIs where it like just ends up being like a tragic accident. I'm like, <sighs> oh, we wasted like, so much time. <laughs> or it's like, I don't like it if it's like the person killed them on accident and then they've just been keeping it, it up, in, yeah. Which like, because that mostly just it doesn't sit right with me. Where like, not that like they didn't. Like they didn't call the police right away, but I just like I don't like that life now for that person. Yeah. Who has accidentally killed someone. Obviously it's much more horrible maybe to be the one who was murdered or be the family member. Right, right, right. Whatever. But it's just like it makes me really uneasy to think, no, yeah to like it's put horrible. myself in that person's shoes and like, oh no. Well, especially with something like that could really happen to anybody. Yeah. I don't know like you hit somebody on a blind turn or like yeah. you know whatever it's like but you call the police like yes you, you do not leave the oh scene. my god I know i like I know people panic but like I mean I just feel like at this point where we are in um saturation of crime television there's no excuse for not just calling the police when you get in trouble you know in the 1970s a twelve-year-old boy does not pick up a gun by the handle because he picks it up by the point or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, embarrassed. myself. He picks it myself. up. He picks it up by responsibly, the, right? So he doesn't get fingerprints on it. Which thank you, crime television, for basically solving the case. Mm-hmm. We're talking about we're talking about Helter Skelter. So if you do not to that episode, then you're lost. But which, but like you probably did because it's one of our most listened to episodes. It's like you listened to the first episode, then you jumped on over to (laughs) Harry Potter Extravaganza. You listened to... Then you went into Bridget Jones. Yeah. And then you had yourself some uh, Helter Skelter. And then Harry Potter Extravaganza Part 2. Yeah. Which is, like, frankly what I would probably want to listen to also. And you know what? That's a nice cross-section. It's like you've got yourself a classic. Yeah. You've got yourself some Harry Potter, some Bridget Jones, and then, like, a true crime. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. That's that's fair. That's fair. I would encourage you to listen to Manhattan Beach episodes because I think those are under listened to and really quite lovely. It's also the last They're, time we ever also saw Tyler. raunchy. <laughs> or ever probably will see Tyler. We'll see him again. Oh God. Miss him. I mean, we haven't seen him since the fall. <laughs> we haven't seen him since like October. <laughs> Who knows how he is? I think he's great. Is his hair still as quaffed as ever? What if next time we see him, he has a buzz cut? No. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine how shocking that would be? <laughs> I think I'd be so furious. I would be less upset if, if you showed up with a buzz cut. <laughs> because I would be like, well, like you change your hair all the time. You take risks. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a heartbreak that would be. <laughs> um. Okay, back to the book. Okay, um, so what I want to kind of open up Pride and Prejudice with Yes. Is. So I've written it down. So I think that people have kind of an unfair tendency to place Jane Austen and her like what is it? Ouvre, Ouvre. I think ouvre. Ouvre. Yeah. Of work in the, I've heard just like it. Just like so many different just ways say it by vaguely. smart people. <laughs> so it's like I don't know what's right. Just like but I wanna use I, the word. And the second one just sounds like somebody who like Like, like somebody like trying to order in a French restaurant where they just are like, "Mm -hmm." it's like, what? I'm not committing to anything. Yeah, it's like, I'm not committing to any real sound. So, in Jane Austen's body of work, we could also say, um, she gets this, um, like bad reputation, I think, like, especially in modern culture as being like girly and rom com ish and like not really like a serious choice. Or, like, I've always felt like a little not embarrassed, like, because I've Kind of learn to get over that, but I always feel like a slight judgment, especially from you know, like your like pretentious your dudes Ernest in the Hemingway room, Ernest Hemingway fans, yeah, or being like, or like even like your Philip Roth fans. If you say like, okay. oh, I really like Jane Austen, or if they you say like, oh, one of my favorite books is Emma or Pride and Prejudice, I feel like they're like, oh, she's just like into girly shit. It's also like mainstream <clears throat> girly shit, it right? Get worse, right? And I think. I mean, I don't think serious scholars think this way, because I've talked to plenty of Harvey, We had a George whole Shonen, class on, right? Yeah, Ohio State professors that, and even, like, guys and stuff that are, like, you no, know, she's clearly doing, like, really interesting shit. And, but I think it's important to understand that, like, Jane Austen was writing courtship novels. Like, they're not necessarily, they are romantic comedies, which was, like, which would just be been in the comedy genre. But in, you know, the 1800s, 1900s, marriage was really all women could do. Right. And so, what Austen was really doing was she was writing, like, coming-of-age stories for women during, you know, writing about the period of a woman's life that was arguably the most important. Because if a woman didn't marry well, and Austen kind of has different ways of showing us what marrying well means in Pride and Prejudice and all of her novels, then her life was, like, it was trash. Right. And so. You're a spinster and you basically have to take care of other people's kids. Right. Or you're poor or you're <laughs> incredibly unhappy because you're ill matched with your husband. Yeah. And, you know, like, because your whole life is gonna, like, you're not allowed to do anything other than, you know, kind of be married and run your household. Right. And so, like, this was an incredibly, I think, important time for Austin to be exploring and showing us, like, what's ridiculous about that way of life and also because I think it would be easy to say you know like oh Austin just like she wanted us all to be in love and I don't think that's true either because Charlotte in Pride and Prejudice is our most rational character and she does not marry for love no and like I don't think that Austin wants us to think that she made a mistake by any means and even when Elizabeth is kind of like into Mr. Wickham her aunt takes her aside and is like no, you do not. You are not going to marry him and ruin your whole fucking life. Um, So I just want to kind of start with that disclaimer of these are actually very feminist novels. They really are. And I think that because we as a culture of, mo- like, women are a lot more empowered than they were in Austen's times, which, like, thank God. Um, Although she has some pretty, like, revolutionary stuff that, like, is oh, stuff totally. we still talk about today. Completely. And it's like, and it's, I mean, the thing, that's, that's what's crazy about it is like these books were written a long time ago Mm -hmm. and they still are like so in tune with like the female predicament that still exists today. Totally. And well, but I think that a lot of times people can dismiss them as like, oh, it's like not really like Bechdel passing stuff where it's like, it's about marriage. And it's like, well, yeah, because it was in the 1800s and marrying was really all women had to think about. What's well, all you did? Right. And it, like also like not only are you like is that the only thing you can do in general, it's like you also could like will be destitute if you don't pretty much. Right. Well, and that's also why I think that the discussion of accomplishments for women is really interesting. Oh, in yeah, this it's novel. so weird. Because I was thinking about this the other day and ac- like women having accomplishments, like being able to play the piano and being able it's right. kind of like women of a certain stature claiming a certain kind of agency over because it's meant to like impress dudes and so guys will be like oh cool like she's accomplished or like to distinguish them amongst their peers and stuff but like men don't have to fucking learn skills so they're boring all the time or bored all the time which I think you see with Mr. Bennett like he has nothing to do all day because he's a gentleman yeah um god bless Right, but I think, like, even as back, you know, as far back as Jane Austen, we see that women in these patriarchal systems learn how to position themselves, like, still, like, operating under those rules, but, like, I think you could trace even, like, self-help books all the way back to women in Jane Austen, like, having accomplishments, because it's, like women have always been trained to kind of learn the rules of the game mm-hmm. and like position themselves and figure out how like using the agency that they have to like position themselves the best which is yeah. why also it's so interesting that elizabeth is not accomplished at all she doesn't play the piano very well she she's doesn't like not draw. That great of a singer either she's a no, like medium but that's who mr darcy falls in love with and mary who's like the most accomplished is horrible everyone hates her but I think part of that, though, too, is that Mary is too mannish. I think, like, they think that, like, she basically is, like, she's too smart for her own good. Mm-hmm. But and she's also, like, she's, like, very, um, like, she's just, like, trying to quote, like, all of those, like, sermons that she's reading all the time or whatever the fuck she's doing. But I think the thing is, though, like, she's reading the stuff that men read mm-hmm. is the thing, which is why she's kind of boring. Is like, she's not reading novels. Like, she's reading, mm-hmm. like... Philosophy and like all this other stuff, and so I think like men like don't even really understand how to talk to her because they're like, "Well, hmm, you might be a little bit smarter than me, and I don't like that." Yeah. Well, and then she's like, not very good at the piano, despite trying it for a lot, a lot of hours. Right. But then being like, obviously, I'm going to play it for hours (laughs) at the Netherfield ball. Yeah, and her dad's like, thanks, you've, like, pleased us enough. (laughs) That is, like, so cringy. I know. Because can you just imagine someone playing and singing for a long time that's, like, not frankly very good? And it's your, like, sister. Or your daughter. Just, like, claiming so much attention and just not deserving it. Yeah. Um... So, how are you feeling about Pride and Prejudice on this second turn? So, because I know it's, like, not really your favorite. It's not my favorite Jane Austen. It, it still isn't my favorite Jane Austen, okay, even fair. second time around. Um, I also will say, though, that I think that our Jane Austen class poisoned me against it, because all I can read into it now is economics. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> and so, it's very hard for me... Like, I think... If I had read this without the structure of that class, which, like, that's really what it was about, was, mm-hmm. like, the economics of the time, mm-hmm. then I would have probably enjoyed it more, but, like, now that's all I can see. Right. And all I can pay attention to. Well, then to. maybe we need to get you watching the Keira Knightley version. Maybe it's That's I really do. all about the love. Maybe I do. I mean... It takes away all that, all that consideration. <laughs> um, sorry, Brendan sent me a long text... okay not important right now (laughs) um so yeah so I mean I think like like I enjoy it and I think like I find it very smart and it's Mm -hmm. like entertaining but it's also like Elizabeth as a protagonist to me is not as satisfying as Emma is yeah I think Emma I think Emma is her best book I think it's the most interesting I think it's I think Emma is the most interesting, and I think it's the funniest. Yeah. Um, Remember when I said Emma was my favorite Jane Austen book in that Jane Austen class, and Ashley Cohen looked at me with, like, disdain? Yes. (laughs) Like, open disdain? Yeah, well, because she liked Mansfield Park, which I feel like... like if It's like, if you like Mansfield Park, it's like... (laughs) Like Emma, and and then it's like I can totally see that's if one you with Fanny find, in it, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. She marries her goddamn cousin. Basically, like Mansfield Park is if Pride and Prejudice had Jane as the protagonist, yes. who I find pretty boring. <laughs> boring, and I don't like Bingley. I find very boring. Yes. I mean, like it's like you can see that they are like nice people, yeah. which is why I like that. But I think it's important though that it's like these two really lovely people are not, like, they're not the center of our focus, but they're the center, because it's boring. But they're the center of Elizabeth and Darcy's focuses. Yeah. And, And that's kind of what the two, those two people specifically are people that Elizabeth and Darcy are very protective over. Yeah. And so it's like, neither of them are particularly meddlesome in people's lives, but those two people would compel them to be meddlesome and, like, to be hyper protective. And so I think that's where they become important. Because for a second, I was going to say, like, I don't really like them. Like, the book probably doesn't need them. and no It 100% needs them. In. <laughs> I mean, they definitely need them for plot device. But yeah. um, I'm not sure we need Kitty, but... No. She just... I think they just needed an abundance of daughters. Yeah. Like, Lydia probably needed somebody to pal around with, because it certainly wasn't going to be Mary. Yeah. Um... But I could see if you were trying to save a little money on the movie, you might cut out Kitty. Yeah, I think that's probably right. <laughs> um, I like this book a lot better. Um, on a reread, I think because I find well, it. You've read really, it many times. This you? is honestly, this is probably the fifth or sixth time I've read it. Okay, this is my second time. Okay, I think. It's more enjoyable because it's one of those books where because you find out about characters later on, and a lot of Austen's books are like this, and and J.K. Rowling is like this, where when you're going back, it's like, now I really enjoy those early scenes with Mr. Darcy because it's like, I can see where he's like starting to be interested in Elizabeth. Yeah. And in spite of himself. And also, you know that it's like, you can read through him seeming rude but actually, he's just, like, kind of feeling uncomfortable and awkward. Which I find now enjoyable, whereas, like, when you're first reading through it, I think you're so, like, in Elizabeth's perspective. That when he's like, I love you, you're like, what? Yeah. Whereas, which is something that, like, a film can do kind of visually. I mean, this book's interesting, though, too, because it does have Darcy's perspective, too. So, like, he, it, it does, like, say in the mm-hmm. book, like, he, like, felt... Attracted to her or whatever mm. But like he couldn't because she was so below him Or whatever yeah. And like I kind of don't even remember that When I read it the first time because mm-hmm. I don't know I, Like you know they're going to end up together Like I mean that's like mm-hmm. you know you know that From minute one but Yeah I don't know You like sort of think that there's going to be like An event that draws them together And there really isn't right. Like it kind of comes out of the blue Mm-hmm. When he's finally like... I love you. Yeah. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I really love... There are a couple of Darcy moments I really, really like. And one of them, it's just a line where it's right after Jane and Elizabeth leave Netherfield, after Jane was sick, for frankly probably too long. Oh my god. Th- and that was like, also though... So- I really like that whole like bit, but it's like, Jane's staying there, I'm like, it seems a, little, a bit much... Well, so, basically, like, her mom <clears throat> sends Jane out oh. in the cold, basically so that she will have to spend the night there. Yes. But then, like, because it's raining, Jane gets, like, super sick for days, and her mom's like, whatever. Like, good. Good. Glad. <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah. But I love when they finally leave, and Darcy's like, honestly, thank God, because I've just been, like, a little too interested in her. Yeah. I am uh, very much in danger of paying her too much attention. Yeah do not like. I also like it when he's clearly, like, trying to propose to Elizabeth, and he just busts into the Collins' house, and he's like, this is great! Um, <laughs> Alright, uh, I like it here. Uh, bye. <laughs> it's like, he's so awkward. I <laughs> <are you> do. <laughs> um, I will say, um, so the scene where he proposes to her, uh, I enjoy it in the book a lot. I find it distinct in the in the um, BBC version, it's pretty true to the book, where it's like he go, like busts into the house and is all Colin Firthy. In the movie, in the Jane or the, in Jane, the uh, Colin Firth is the perfect person to play him. Though. He is perfect. But what I like a little bit better about the Kieran Knightley version is I think they do a really good job, even though it's like they set it in this like, in this like gorgeous, weird columned place in the fucking rain which is fun but you're like okay this is a little much but what I like about it is that you can see the like sexual tension between the two of them during that scene whereas I think when you're reading it it really seems like the two of them hate each other Mm -hmm. and but I think like what's great about Elizabeth and Darcy is that they fall in love with each other or partially fall in love with each other because they're both like an equal match for the other one in terms of conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's like Elizabeth can kind of throw back what he's, like, dealing out, and he kind of enjoys that about her, that she always has, like, a cool response to what he has to say, and, like, he then can, like, calculate something in response, as opposed to fucking Miss Bingley, who's always like, yeah, I agree with you. She is boring as hell. I'm gonna get the second volume of the book you are reading. (laughs) And then interrupt you the whole time so you can't <laughs> read any of yours. And then flip pages so that we're always on the same page so it looks like I read just as fast <sighs> as you. Oh my god. Um, wait. Okay. Let's do favorite, least favorite. Okay. Okay. Um, my favorite is um, Elizabeth's dad. Really? I think he is, like, fun. Okay. I want to talk about him because I go back and forth between thinking that he's fun and liking him a lot And not liking him at all. Whereas, so my reason, sometimes I feel like he's kind of like a Mr. Weasley, but bad. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Whereas I think like he maybe could have done more to make sure that his daughters weren't in such a precarious position. For sure. And I think like sometimes like his enjoyment of amusement or, like... Yeah. Which I really identify with him being, like, I hope this person sucks because that'll be so fun if they're crazy. Yeah. I really enjoy that about him. But I think sometimes he takes that to a level where it's, like, affecting his daughters. I also think... Well, it's kind of interesting, too, because both parents, like, have clear favorites and, like, treat the favorites much better than the others, which is, like, pretty shitty. Yeah. But, um what's her last name? I'm, like, now blanking on it. Bennett? Bennett, okay. Um, Mr. Bennett, like, basically obviously sides with Elizabeth mm-hmm. and when, like, Mr. Collins proposes to her he's like, um, I will never speak to you again if yeah. you do marry him, <laughs> so, like, and the mom's like, I'll never speak to you again if you don't. He's like, well, I never will speak to you again if you do. Because he is terrible. Right. Which, like, I think that like, ultimately, the reason that he brought him there was so probably that would happen, but, like, he doesn't want that to happen to Elizabeth. Right. Like, he once he meets him, it's clear to him that he's like, mm, this guy is boring. Yeah, he's not an option for my daughters, but, yes, I will let him read Fordyce's sermons all the time to Lydia, who couldn't give less of a shit about that. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I can like, talk I, about, like, weird compliments that he can pay to Lady Catherine. Yeah, I find... Anyway, I find him fun. Do you want me to turn on the light? It is dark. It is pitch black. Um. Yeah, so it's like, I really enjoy him, and then sometimes, though, I'm like, uh maybe. So I guess it's like, I kind of side with Elizabeth's falling on that, where it's like, she really loves her dad, and, like, obviously understands that she's his, or that she's his favorite, but at the same time, she can see where his flaws are, and be like, hey, maybe also if you had an... Married my mom just because she's hot. <laughs> you guys wouldn't hate each other so much, even though he's kind of like I just let her do whatever she wants because sometimes it's kind of fun. But I also think he has literally zero respect for her. Oh, too. none Yeah, which like I mean she's not great. I mean like should you have respect? She's like pretty rude too. She's rude and like she yeah. I mean I guess if like if thinking back to Bridget Jones like she is like Bridget's mom where <laughs> like she just says like really embarrassing stuff all the time. Yeah. And, like, has horrible manners. Right. Um, my least favorite is Mr. Collins. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't like him at all, but I find him pretty funny. Well, like, I find him entertaining in the same way that I find, like, Buddy Willard entertaining. Okay. But, like, to me, he is the epitome of male arrogance and entitlement. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's like, obviously you're um, turning me down so that you don't seem too eager He's like every guy at the bar. He, he, he is also, like... Like, I like that Jane Austen is, like, criticizing uh, no means yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, in... I am by no means discouraged in the uh, 19th century. Right. Yeah. And it's, like, and it's supposed to be ridiculous. She's like, I don't know how much I can tell you, like, in a more plain way. Like, I'm not into you. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And, uh, like, we're not going to make each other happy. And, I, and I'm not interested. And he's like, well, I can't wait for our future together. <laughs> I like, God. I don't want you to go too down this road because I know you're going to say yes eventually. And, you know, like you might say some things you regret. Um, yeah. I don't know. And he, like, also just like the general stuff he says about women is just like so embarrassing and horrible. horrible. So I would say he walks baby. right over to Darcy to be like, I've got to introduce myself. And it's like, no, that's inappropriate. It's rude. He's like an aristocrat, (laughs) and he's like he's like. Well, I'm a clergyman, so it's the same. (laughs) I know his aunt. Yeah, Lady Catherine. He like like I mean he is obsessed with that lady. Yeah, it's. It's creepy. It's bizarre. Um, Lady Catherine is one, a person I don't like her because she's pretty arrogant and horrible, but I also love... She's fun, though. I like having her around in the sense of, like... I just picture her as Norma Desmond. Well, so in the Keira Knightley version, she's played by Judy Dench, which, like, uh, what could have been better? Yeah, that's that seems about right. But I just like that she's always, like, no matter what, she's got an opinion on it and how you're doing it wrong. Well, I remember when I watched that Keira Knightley version 8... Years ago or whatever, a hundred years ago. Um I just remember thinking like Darcy's not hot though. Oh I like him. What but who, he's not what like actor, ho- is he? You know the actor's names, Audrey. I don't know his name. His oh, sh- 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 He's in that Peaky Blinders show. I've never seen it. I think. Is he in that? Yeah, I don't remember what his name is. I'm I'm Googling Cure Nightly Pride and Prejudice. Let's see. <laughs> Later, I don't want to do my software update right now. God. God. Also, I'm pretty sure my phone's gonna die while I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so who's so who's your favorite and least favorite? Hmm. My favorite I think my favorite is Mr. Darcy. Okay. Um, I really like I enjoy following and tracking his character and I enjoy like yes Elizabeth I really like Elizabeth uh and like yes Elizabeth is wrong and like misreads him and then immediately gets bad information about like Wickham comes in at the perfect point where she's already like she doesn't want to like him and she's already left Netherfield so it's like After Jane was six, So she... And she kind of had a good time with Darcy, I think, there. And so... But she's, like, ready to get back in the mode of not liking him. Yeah. Matthew McFadden. Yeah. He looks better there than I thought. (laughs) Maybe as Maybe Teen Cher wasn't having it. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, he's, like... He's not Orlando Bloom. No. You know. Um yeah so she gets that information and so like she's able to be like oh good I can like hate him again like I want to yeah um and I so I like and I like that his response to like he gets really mad because his pride is offended when she says no but I like that he's like wait a minute there have been some charges against me that are probably affecting her and so I'm just gonna write her this letter and then pace around the garden for a while until I see her so I can give it to her. Mm -hmm. Instead of, like, instead of just yelling at her all the reasons she's wrong, like, he, like, takes the time to write them down. And I also think, like, and we'll see this in book three, he really works to, like, he takes the charges against him that she lays out seriously because I think he respects her and he's, like, she's not not just saying this to be hurtful. Like, this Mm -hmm. is what she thinks. And so... This is what I'll try to do. And I also just... I mean, like, I think it's charming to see someone fall in love with someone just in spite of themselves because they're clever. Um. So I... Yeah. So I, I enjoy him. And then my least favorite? Maybe... I don't know. I was going to say Bingley just because I think he's probably weak-willed and boring. Uh, yeah. He's like... I'm trying to think of a Harry Potter equivalent to him. Like, he's just, like, such a Hufflepuff. Yeah.
1: Like well, like, n- but, like
0: but it gives the, him a bad name. Like, yeah. he's no Ernie McMillan. No, he's no Ernie McMillan. No he's Cedric like, Diggory. He's, I was gonna say he's, like, a Cedric Diggory. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, like, he's hot and he's nice, but, like, boring. Yeah. For sure. And he's just, like, I mean, there's just nothing going on there. I just find him uninteresting. Like, he's always, but I, he's always just, like, delighted when anyone's around. Yeah. He's like a puppy. Which, I like puppies, but no Not in my men. Yeah. Um, Darcy, like, kind of reminds me of a little bit of Elia sometimes, mm-hmm. where he, like, is like, he's like, well, I'm not even A little broody. Well, he's broody, but he's also like, I'm going to read my book and not even look at her. And so, like, <laughs> th- like, the stuff that he does, like, comes off as, like. Mean or like he doesn't like her, but like really, it's because he's like, I don't want to seem like I like her because yeah. I should not like her. Right. Um, I like this comparison. Yeah. I like to imagine a world in which Timothy Chalamet could one day play Mr. Darcy. Oh, God. Wow. What a dream. Now I'm okay. So, who's Elizabeth in this? It could be she might be a little old for it now, but it, for Timothy Chalamet, but it could be like an Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I could see something like yeah. that going on. Or myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to be Lydia. Okay, that's fair. So Lydia, I think, becomes interesting. I almost said she was my least favorite, and then I thought that's kind of unfair. I think. Like, I think Lydia's like fun though. She's fun and like she. She's only fifteen years old. She's fifteen. She has a mom who's never checked her. You know what I mean? Who, She's just, who, like, a letter. literally, the mom literally, like, throws gasoline on her hormones. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I think Jane Austen, I don't think, though, wants us to come down that hard on Lydia, though. No. Just based on the end of the book and, like, where Lydia ends up, like, it's not great, but it, it's also, like, better than where she would have ended up if it were, like, any other person's novel. Okay, don't ruin it, because I have literally no, no memory worry. where I she will. ends I up. Uh, I also think Charlotte is an interesting character. I really, I almost said that Charlotte's my favorite. I really like her. Um, I like that she's right about being like, um, Jane better snap up that Bingley and then fall in love with him later. She is not showing him she likes him enough. And then she's fucking right. And she's just like, every time Collins annoys me, I come into my own little parlor to be by myself because I have a big house. Yeah. Yeah. I just let Lady Catherine's criticisms of me roll off my back. It's totally fine. Yeah. Ugh, but still out. Marrying Mr. Collins, like, that's... Bleak. Real bleak. That is bleak. That's what no one wants. I think, I think every woman's fear... Every woman it, wants to be an Elizabeth and maybe is afraid that she's Charlotte. I mean, I just think, like, I, like, kind of wonder, like, you know, like, with Melania Trump, is, like, that her life, where she's, like, I married the worst person, but, like, my life is pretty good, because I have a lot of money, and I basically just get to be, like, a single mom with, like, a lot of money. Yeah, and especially now, they spend a lot of time apart, so. Well, I think they always have spent a lot of time apart. Yeah, so it's, like, okay. I just, like, I just imagine that Mr. Collins would just want to spend a lot of time together and, like, read aloud boring stuff to you. Mm -hmm. Ugh. And I think, but I think Charlotte's also very good at kind of just, like, understanding what he needs her to be into. And, like, be like, okay, yeah, I can be excited if Lady Catherine's around. That's fine. Like, that's not, like, that's not gonna infringe on my happiness, whereas Elizabeth would have gone out of her mind. Right. Well, and I think, so, okay, so Jane is like honestly my worst nightmare as a friend because like you try to gossip with her and then she defends everyone's character it's like this is so boring this happens every year like for lent my mom's like i'm giving up gossiping and then i'm like no you cannot it it never lasts then she usually does bread instead which is easier (laughs) um but yeah i hate when she does that i'm like mom (laughs) and honestly the what am i supposed to talk about (laughs) The gossip in this book uh, I wrote, the or the gossipers, impeccable. Yeah. Like, they all know Bingley's situation, like, minutes after <laughs> it happens. Like, I love all that stuff. Yeah. And I love, um, I actually really like, let me find it in the beginning. Um, speaking of my love-hate relationship with Mr. Bennett. So, it's basically right in the beginning after, like, the classic, like, It Is a Truth, universally, acknowledged, yeah. um, where Mrs. Bennett's like, flipping the fuck out because Bingley's here and she wants Mr. Bennet to go and visit with him so that the girls can meet him. She says, oh, single, my dear, to be sure. A single man of large fortune, four or five thousand a year. What a fine thing for our girls. And Mr. Bennet says, how so? How can it affect them? What a perfect response. Yeah, he's just... He just plays naive, though, too. Like, you yeah. know he knows exactly what you're. saying. T- right, well, then it about. says in chap- the first line of chapter two was Mr. Bennett was among the earliest of those who waited on Mr. Bingley. But he just, like, did that so he could, like, fuck with Mrs. Bennett. He yeah. was like, this is gonna be super fun. I'm just gonna mess with her. Yeah. Act like I don't understand why it's important that I go see the richest dude in town. I like how in this book it's, like, Jane is the oldest, and, like, she's essentially, like, a spinster. They're, like she's 23, like, she's pretty she's much, over. she's basically barren at this point. It's like, okay. It's, yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, when also I think that highlights, though, like, how young these women were when they were making these choices about the rest of their fucking lives. I know, it's like, you 15-year-olds are supposed to be, like, choosing the right person to marry. It's like, guess what? Like, I was still in my artist phase back then. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was still pretty sure that Edward Cullen was a good choice for a boyfriend. Oh, yikes. He was abusive, ladies and gentlemen. True story. He was abusive. He was. He was controlling. I don't know why my mom didn't really shut that down. Because she was Team Jacob. And I got mad at her and hit her t shirt. Because she did buy a t shirt that said Team Jacob on it. Did you ever watch Vampire Diaries? No. Okay. Well. But my understanding is I that I those. would be Team Damien. Not Stefan. Oh, for sure. My the Mary... hot one, not me... the boring good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Mary Kate is Team Stefan. No. And I I ordered us shirts, <laughs> so I have the Team Damon shirt and she's the Team Stefan shirt. And um. Yeah, I watched every episode of that show and like like was done watching it after like season two. I've but I some just... episodes. My mom and I watched the pilot together because my mom asked me if I wanted to watch it with her and I was like, Yeah, what do I have to lose? I mean, it's like a fun show. Like I would say, the first couple seasons are fun, but then it just it gets very ridiculous. Mm-hmm. My roommates in college watched it, so I feel like I've I've, I've seen it. It's pretty raunchy for being on uh, basic cable. It is raunchy. Yeah, I mean, I feel especially like all the when she's dating shows... that Damien. Dam Damon Damon Damon. Damon. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna keep calling him Damon. All right. No, yeah, he he is raunchy. He, yeah, he is. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. He's... It's dirty. He's a crush, for sure. He's like, he's like the Chuck Bass of the show. It's like, you know he's bad, but, like, you can't... Right. You can't help it. There was... I didn't watch the show, but... He doesn't rape people. Yeah. He just kills people. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, two of my roommates, junior year, like, we shared a room, and they hung up a poster of him, and I was like, you know, that's fine. He's pretty hot, so... I, I follow know. him on Instagram, though, and, like, all he posts about is, like, fair treatment of animals. I'm like, God. ugh. Can I just see like, more? I mean, like love animals, but, like, also not why I'm following you. Right. I'd like to see more pictures of your face. Or, like, even, like, just you and your family. Yeah. You know? I don't know. He, like, posts a lot of pictures of, like, his wife's jewelry that she makes. I'm like, I don't care about this. Who cares? No one. I, 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 he's one of those actors that in, like, interviews and in person, like, does not live up to the character that you love. No, and... Is he, like, one of those guys who is clearly uncomfortable with being kind of a sex symbol? No. Oh, interesting. Like, Ryan Gosling, I mean. Like, very, Mm -mm. like, clearly uncomfortable with, like, how women lust after him. I think he likes that women lust after him. like But, like, he just, like, he just, like, wears fedoras and crap, like, in the day-to-day. I don't know. I mean... I don't want that. I don't, I don't want like any. Really, I just fedora. like only want him to wear black T shirts and like <laughs> tight black jeans all the time like he does in vampire diaries. Yeah. I don't want him to wear colorful, like see-through shirts. <laughs> it wants anyone to wear and, that. and necklaces. <laughs> like I don't men wearing jewelry like like it's hard to justify that. Like with stones in it. You know, I'm just like oh, why? Like when did you buy that? Where did you buy that? <laughs> That's something that I think about sometimes um, with clothes. Sometimes it's like you'll see someone with, like, an item of clothing and think, like, oh, it doesn't not make sense that they're wearing that. But they had to buy that at some point. Right. And so there was a point in time in which they were standing in a store with this item thinking, yeah, I want that. Yeah. Which is, like, with certain things like fedoras, incredible to me. Yeah. Or, like, a mesh top. You're like, yeah, I, w-. like, it's not that it doesn't make sense that he owns it and wears it. It's that, that there had to have been then a moment in time when he was like, I can't wait to wear this. Or I want this to be mine. So to be clear, like, he's not wearing mesh tops. He's wearing tops that are, like, so thin that, like, you can definitely see his nipple oh, through the shirt. That's like it's spicy, like, but not Is it, though? Great. Like, I don't, like... <laughs> Does anyone want to see nipple ever no. on man or woman? Like, I don't think that anyone's like, wow, like, nipples are hot. Are they? No. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't get it, though. I don't know. For, men, for me, for men, I'm like, I really couldn't care less Yeah. about that being there. However, if we can linger on men's sartorial choices for a little while longer, um, Harry Styles is currently on tour. Oh, and he just really puts together some snazzy pieces. Hmm. He he can wear a suit, hmm. and you know, like I I like a man who will play with fashion. Though I will say, mm-hmm. like if you're showing up to the Golden Globes in just like a black tuxedo, boring. Yep. Please wear um, burgundy velvet, <laughs> like I've seen. I mean, like, I'd, rather, I'd rather them rather wear, wear something boring, but, I mean, like, in terms of, like, what do I wish my date would wear? Something boring. No. What do I, like, looking at pictures of? Interesting. The studded kind. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey, though, like, or, I mean, um, I mean Twilight. Well. Which are this one and the same. Very much so. Our youth should not be reading it. It puts bad ideas in their head. That's why I'm really glad that Lana Del Rey wasn't active when (laughs) I was a teenager. Because, like, that would have set me even further on my self-destructive path. Yeah. I don't know. For the best. We have to to protect our teens, like... Yeah. You know, like, Grey's Anatomy, I think, was fine because it made me ambitious and want to do well in school, even though it was, like... And you could have, like, a messy personal life. To go with it. Right. But you were still, like, successful and smart. Right. Yeah. Whereas, like, Bella is, like... I mean, Yikes. she's, like, Yikes. not Yikes like college. I mean, no. no. Is she? Does she? Her only goal after she meets Edward is to be with him. She has no outside interests. <laughs> Which, but I do love... Speaking of, and to, like, tie this back to Riverdale, and also to Jane Austen, I do love a good, um... We want to show that our teens are, like, smart. And so they read incredibly difficult novels. Not that I didn't read Jane Austen in high school, like, a little bit. But it's, like... There's a lot of references in Riverdale to, like, books. Yeah. Like, they're always, like, v- incredibly written, I mean, they're well-read. always Jughead, but... Yeah. Right. Like, if you want, like, a cool... Like, they want to show, like, a cool kid who's also supposed to be very smart. It's, like, they've always read fucking Faulkner. And I'm like, Bullshit! Like, like, bullshit. Play, did did Chad it? Michael Murray in One Tree Hill read Faulkner for pleasure and understand it? No. No, he did not. No. And he was like, I love Faulkner. Bullshit. No, you do not. Well, and, and that's such a clear, like, adults writing teenagers and being like, okay, yeah, yeah, what's on their, like, level, but, like, smart. And it's just strange. Yeah just not, it's not, and it's become like a trope at this point. So it's like, it's even more annoying. Um, yeah, I, I will say I'm a Jughead fan. I love Jughead. Yeah. I care much more about him than Archie. Oh yeah. I mean, like I could not care less about Archie in continuing into season two. In fact, like I find him pretty annoying sometimes and Jughead is He's forever. Okay, I love Ed. He reminds me of someone we know, which we can talk about later. I cannot wait to know. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. I okay. So if we could just talk about like the economics of the novel oh, yeah. for a quick sec. Yeah, let's do grad school proud. Um, this whole entail business oh, is yeah. really effed up. It's effed, and but I like that, like for all of Mrs. Bennett's flaws, she is like pretty right about the entail and that yeah. it's fucked up. It is. Because she's like, listen, obviously I want you all to marry rich dudes, but like you would have way less pressure to if you didn't have this entail going on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it's just like I think that I think that Jane Austen is like satirizing a little bit like situations that were like very real. Like men didn't like Men didn't ex- ever think that you would ever say no to a marriage proposal because women are so damn desperate to get married. Yeah. Because that's all they can do. And then also, like, women can't have any friggin' property. And so no. if you have five daughters and no sons and you have a friggin' entail, like, all these ladies are screwed. So, Mr. Bennett, just so I can verify that I have this right. So, an entail basically means that the land is forever tied to, like, a family name. Right? Yeah. And then the idea, though, is that you have sons, and then the, the property can stay in a family forever. Right. And then that also gives you, like, some sort of financial security. Right. So my question is... If that... the property stays in the family. Right. And so I guess my question is, is that if the daughters marry and have a son, does that son know? Okay. Because it, ha- I think it has to be, like, no. Okay. It has to be, like, a Bennett descendant. Okay. whereas like they wouldn't be Bennett's anymore. But it's like but he's a Collins. Yeah, but he's like a cousin of Mr. Bennett or something. Um but like for example, Rosings can go to Miss De Berg right. because it's not entailed. Right. Even though she's an aristocrat. Right. But she can be like an heiress of Rosings. Right. So she can be all sickly. Right. Which I do find that bit amusing where Lady Catherine is like, me and Anne would be excellent pianists if we'd ever learned. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, so I went to the grocery store yesterday after, like, throwing up all of my guts on the plane. Sure. And I looked terrible and didn't have contacts and I just had my glasses. And the guy who made me a sandwich was like, are you a musician? And I was like... No, like what makes you think that? And he was like, Well, you just look like very artistic. And I'm like, Well, maybe I should throw up and like wear (laughs) all black, all black (laughs) and um, glasses more often because I looked like a musician. Cool. I know, I was flattered. (laughs) He then like put, like, was like, We should collaborate. I'm like, Okay. Oh, I I barely play the piano like (laughs) I did in high school. It's been a while and I am not interested in collaborating. Yikes. Also, like, what kind of music are you doing? Like, I don't know anything about this project. What if it was bluegrass? Like, would I be like interested you, in that? Like, you or? just show up and it's bluegrass. I mean, that would be, frankly, better than, like, R&B That's for me. True. I mean, I would rather play in a bluegrass band. I I do rap. Like, oh. I do hardcore rap. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm just looking for a female to lay down some, like, ah, sounds. <laughs> So are you a musician? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I, um... When I was in San Francisco, I took this picture that I'll show you where I posed with an NWA record, and I'm wearing... I literally look like Sarah Palin. Like, I have have my hair in a French twist, and I'm wearing, like, the outfits they used to dress her in Mm. for the debates. And, um... I'm, like, personality pick, or I'm holding the NWA record dressed like that. Perfect. Yeah. Do you have any more thoughts about Pride and Prejudice? Not or really. books one and two? Not really. I mean, I think just, like, general oh, okay. vibe, like, I enjoy it more that we're not reading it in this class. Mm-hmm. But still, like, I would stick by my four out of five on Goodreads. Okay. I mean, a four so out of far. five is still, like, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah okay, because at first I thought you didn't even really like it at all. Well, okay. Here's the thing though. We read like how many Jane Austen novels? So that was my hope is that it was then because of the class. Well, but also though, like it was very hard for me to distinguish between books at a certain point. Like even looking back, Mm -hmm. like I think, like I found Mansfield Park boring. I do we read Persuasion? I don't even remember at all what it was about. We did. We did. I, I like I remember we didn't read Sense and Sensibility that was that's younger. the only one but we read Persuasion I could not tell you a thing a single thing about it the only thing I truly I mean I really actually like Persuasion I don't fully remember all of the plot but there is a point where like she's with all of her cousins and one of them just like kind of trips and falls down and basically is treated oh, like she yes. almost died yeah yeah <laughs> and she's like I do remember that an invalid for months. And all she does is, like, fall off, like, in my mind, she's like, you know, like, sometimes um, on a walkway, there'll be, like, kind of a raised area. Yeah. Like, she's just kind of walking on that and falls off of it. And they're all like, oh my god, she's dead. Okay, I do remember that part. And there's a captain. Yeah, there's, like, yeah, there's ship stuff in there. He's another W. She really likes her Ws. There's Wickham, there's Willoughby, Wentworth. It's okay. Insane. But he's okay. a good guy. He's a good person. We haven't really talked about Wickham. Hate him. <laughs> yeah, he's bad. I mean, he's just like your... Cl- Did you ever listen to Dirty John? No. The what podcast? is Dirty John? Oh, you should listen to it. It's, like, it's basically about a con artist. Oh. Um, but it's, like, there are, like, a lot of twists in it. You- you'd you like it. Okay. Um. But it's basically, like, somebody who, like, just lies to everybody and is, like, very good at, like, sensing like, what people are lacking or what they need and then mm-hmm. providing it. And yeah. Like, being able to manipulate people really easily. Right. Yeah. And, like, like I said earlier, he comes in at, like, the exact right part. And then I like later when Elizabeth has that moment of, like, you know what? That was actually pretty weird that Wickham would do that. He just met me and he's going to, like, talk all this trash about Mr. Darcy. Like, that's pretty strange. And I just wanted him – I wanted to hear what he was saying – and, because it was, like, I wanted a justifiable reason to keep disliking him. Right. Which, honestly, like, Darcy is just socially awkward. Yes. Like, that's really, honestly, his deal. Like, he's rich, and he's, like, attractive, and so women like him. But, like, his, like, whole air of mystery and crap is basically because he's shy. Yeah. And he's also, like, he's in this weird place of where he's got, like, one foot in the aristocracy and then just, like, one foot in the land of gentry, and so yeah. he's, like, so he can kind of move in both circles, and so he's always slightly above every person he's with, and so he just doesn't know, like, what what the right way to act is. Yeah, which is why I think Colin Firth is the per- perfect person to play him, because he just also, like, exudes, mm-hmm. like, an air of social awkwardness. Yeah, and that's why I think that Pemberley, like, we're, we're about to go to Pemberley. Yeah, I know, we end right there. And some good shit. And I think it's, like, it's just really important for us to get, like, the, the new opinion about Darcy. Because so much of this book is about, um, like, the original title was, like, First Impressions or something. Yeah, which, which is not a good title. Bad title. title. Um, but it's about, like, having a bad first impression of someone and then, like, misreading them. And, like, that's why I think it's almost interesting that this book is, is a good book to keep rereading. Like, I mean, most classic books are. Mm-hmm. But it's, like... Like Elizabeth like rereads the letter that she that he writes her, and like there's a lot of like reading and rereading of people and having to kind of keep doing that work of like checking your first impressions and figuring out what your like gauge on someone is. Yeah. So I'm excited to finish. There's some good moments coming. And then maybe yeah. we should watch the Kira Knightley version. I'm a hundred percent in for that. I also at some point I need to figure out if Lady Bird is out on DVD because I want to buy it so we can watch it. I'm sure we could buy it in iTunes. Yeah, I mean like Tim- Timothy Chalamet is in it, and enough is enough. Oh, that's right, he is in that. It's, again, yeah, I've so got enjoyable. it. I really have to see it. Like, like that movie, I think is going to be very similar to my like light. I think it's going to resonate with you. I think it is too. Um, I really do. Did you see um, what I tweeted the other day about John Mulaney Did another like bit about Timothy Chalamet and about how his wife like has a crush? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, <laughs> she, he was like, it's important to me that I'm six foot tall. Yeah. Like, it just is. And my wife told me that Timothy Chalamet is 6'1, and I Googled it, and he's not. He's 5'11. And so <laughs> apparently he like, it was like I busted into my house and I was like the boy is only five eleven. <laughs> oh my god did you see I think I tagged you on Instagram like the like things Timothy Chalamet made me yes. do yes and then did you see he commented back on it yeah He's he was so cute he was a little sweetheart also, like I've said that he's a big fan of Kid Cudi and <laughs> apparently somebody asked Kid Cudi who's your favorite artist right now and he said Timothy Chalamet and <gasps> Timothy retweeted it and was like, "Oh my god, why don't you just kill me right now?" <laughs> like, oh, I love him. Such he's a so sweet cute. angel. Uh. Yes, you So, angel. okay, so my now my new project is going to be to cast this movie <laughs> with him now, as Mr. Darcy. I'm going to write that down so I remember to do it. Okay. And so we'll we'll have those choices getting. Maybe we'll do an Instagram poll of different actors. Timothy Chalamet is obviously Mr. Darcy, so that'll be a non-choice. It'll be yes and yes. And maybe we can do an Instagram poll, and we can let everyone know. That'd be pretty fun. I feel like actually, Armie Hammer would be a great Mr. Bingley. Boring. See, I feel like he could be a Mister Darcy. He's got that low voice. Yeah, he's got the. Could be pretty for arrogant it. when he wants to be. Like on film, I feel like he's a nice person in life. I don't feel like he's uh, like awkward enough. Yeah, like he's a little too hot. Yeah, not my type of hot, but you know. For Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, no, this will be a fun one. Chalamet. Okay, I'm excited about this announce when this will be almost as fun as when we cast all of Game of Thrones and Hogwarts houses. Oh that was such what a, a fun time. game. I have color coded pages written down. I for did that. that at work. I'm almost positive. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I mean I just it like was that important. both you okay so for context Cher and I once it was like toward the end of grad school. I don't know that we had quite finished, but we were talking about like Hogwarts Or, like, I think we had talked about just, like, there are not a lot of Hufflepuffs in Game of Thrones or something. And then we just started sorting them. And then Cher and I, being slightly type A, took it so seriously that we both were like, Alright, I need a piece of paper. I need some colored pencils. I need to really get down to business with this. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, I wonder where that notebook is. I, I could definitely find one. mine. So maybe I'll post some of those pictures and people can say if they agree or disagree. Yeah. Because I think we did have some disagreements, but I think we most did, of that yeah. had to do with our interpretations of Hufflepuff House. Yes. Uh, I just know that we were pretty in agreement that Cersei and Littlefinger were Head Boy and Girl of Slytherin. Of Slytherin. Yeah. Or I guess prefects, because Head Boy and Girl was for the whole school. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I thought, like, oh, that's, I guess that makes sense. That's what, I then didn't realize just, that Because then you would just, like, every prefect would just be head boy and girl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so the head boy Got and girl it. are, like, for the whole school. Which is why it's such a big deal when Percy gets it. That is actually a pretty big deal. I didn't realize it. It's, like, class president. Yeah. But gendered. Yes. Hmm. All right, well, tune in next week, right? We can record next week, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so tune in next week for our wrap up of Pride and Prejudice, also to get the results of the Instagram the Instagram poll that will be coming shortly. That will be the thing taking up our, the rest yeah. of our week. Speaking of polls, um, we did tweet out my romantic comedy bracket um, from Drunk Austin, who is um, a Twitter account that we obviously follow. It was hard to do, and I hope people enjoyed. The suffering that I endured—that so it—I had to pick color-coded. between like you've got mail and clueless, and it was I really Ooh, clueless. I mean, I picked you've got mail. I've never seen you've, you've got, got mail. Was like my ultimate winner, but that and, and if you think about it, not to keep dragging this episode out. If you think about it, you choosing between you've got mail and clueless is like choosing between Pride and Prejudice and Emma, and I would choose Emma. Well, but it's interesting too because I think if between the two, I might choose Emma too, but I. It's just You've Got Mail. I mean, Tom Hanks. I don't think I've ever seen it. We'll add it to the list. To be honest, like, I mixed that up with Sleepless in, in Seattle, Bad. too. Sleepless okay. in Seattle only works because Nora Ephron wrote it, but otherwise it is an insane movie. Like, Well, I also haven't seen that either. But, like, <laughs> just, like, in my mind it's the same movie. Anyway. All right, well, I mean, tune in next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye.